Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 52 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from May 18th, 2015, and it's titled uh, with a question, U.S. hospitals have the best ER care for kids but aren't prepared for them. There's been a back and forth of views about the state of pediatric emergency medicine recently in the Wall Street Journal. Let me start actually uh, first with the more recent statement, a rebuttal from uh, Dr. Michael Girardi, president of the American College of Emergency Physicians, in the form of a letter to the editor. He wrote, quote, emergency care of children in the U.S. is the best in the world. Emergency physicians treat more than 22 million sick and injured children under age 15 each year, and the vast majority of them have good outcomes. If a child has a medical emergency, parents should get that child to the nearest emergency room and have confidence that they are receiving top quality care in the right place from the right physicians, end of quote. It's the quote, the best in the world, um, says the doctor. Is that an opinion? You know, where is the data to back that up? You know, is quote, the nearest emergency room always the right choice? I think that's a great question for an adult patient to ask as well. What does a vast majority mean? Is that 80%? You know, what is a quote-unquote good outcome? It's easy for the doctor to tell people they should have confidence, but then again, it's easy to say things like, you know, uh, patient safety is always our top priority, as, as I've blogged about before. So if you want to see a link to a post on that or the letter or the Wall Street Journal article I'm referencing, go to leanblog.org slash audio 52 when you can. So what did the original Wall Street Journal article say about the state of preparedness in hospital EDs? You know, the headline is a bit damning. It says, many hospital ERs aren't ready to treat children. Subheadline reads, hospitals aim to be prepared. Many lack equipment and pediatric training for doctors and nurses. So from the article, it says, when a child has a medical emergency, the first instinct is to rush to the nearest hospital ER. But many emergency rooms are ill-equipped to treat infants and children, and they're staffed with doctors and nurses who may not be trained in the specifics of pediatric care, end of quote. So what, what did the data suggest? You know, it says 30 million American children end up in the ED for care. 90% of those go to general non-pediatric hospitals. Again, from the article, quote, the ER staff often lack necessary emergency equipment, such as needles, catheters, breathing tubes, and instruments designed and sized for different aged children's unique anatomy. They may also lack a plan to deal with children in a mass casualty incident or natural disaster, end of quote. It says also in the article, the main readiness score was 69 on a scale of 100, up from 55 in 2003. Now, the readiness survey is based on uh, American College of Emergency Physician guidelines, which Dr. Girardi, the author of the letter, should be aware of. So they're making progress, but really what, what's the meaning, what's the context, what's the patient impact of having a 69 readiness score instead of a 90 or a 95 or a 100? I wish Dr. Girardi had addressed what the gaps are and what they're doing about it instead of making a sweeping uh, statement that says basically, hey, everything is okay. Um, you know, Toyota says no problems is a problem. I'm not sure if Dr. Girardi subscribes to that view. Um, but you know, he says you know, the data says things are getting better, or are they? Again, from the article, quote, However, the authors of the study cautioned that the review likely overestimated 
hospitals' readiness because there was no way to verify what hospitals reported about their status, end quote. Now, that's the problem with self-reporting. They might not want to admit that there's as much of a problem as there is. For example, from the article, more than 15% are missing critical tools, such as special forceps to remove objects obstructing a child's airway. And another statement of the problem, and this is a quote um, from Alfred uh, Sacchetti, chairman of uh, um, the New Jersey Emergency Medical Services for Children Advisory Council um, and, and the chairman of an emergency department. He says, parents are going to stop at the closest building with a big red emergency sign. That may not be the one that's going to fix the lacerated spleen, but they should be able to manage an airway, get an IV in, and get the child expeditiously to the place with the expertise, end of quote. That seems like good advice. Instead of assuming or trusting or being confident that all hospitals are equally good. Dr. Krug advises parents to ask their family doctor which hospital ER in their area is better prepared for children. Now, you know, if the question I would ask, if their family doctor knows, will that be based on opinion or facts? So, you know, process problems can harm patients. And one way that this lack of preparedness, alleged lack of preparedness, the doctor might say, because again, everything is fine, that lack of preparedness can hurt young patients. Uh, one way is the lack of standardized work around expressing patient weights in pounds or kilograms. Again, from the journal, it says, one area of concern when treating children, one third of hospitals don't follow recommendations to record weight in kilograms rather than pounds. Medication doses are based on weight in kilograms and mix-ups are a leading cause of medication errors, says Marianne Gauche-Hill, who led the readiness study and is chief of the Division of Pediatric Emergency Medicine at Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles. One kilogram is equal to 2.2 pounds. So if a 30-pound child with a broken leg is mistakenly given morphine for pain based on a weight of 30 kilograms, that is basically a double dose, which could make you stop breathing, Dr. Hill says. Now, does your family physician know which hospitals do follow or don't follow that basic guideline? I mean, we can admit that there's opportunity for improvement, or as one doctor quoted in the article says, um, or we can just pretend things are fine or scream of, quote, yellow journalism, as one Wall Street Journal commenter did. He wrote, he or she wrote, headline is baloney and smacks of yellow journalism, not supported by the facts and not even by the content of the article. Now, calling something baloney, is that supported by facts? Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.